Joe, it is time to start the show. Do you need a countdown? Three, two, one. Get ready to laugh Good out timing. loud with Wise and Nerdy, the show hosted by two hilarious dads. Make it louder! Meek blend of wit, wisdom, it's and as high as it goes. From sharing hilarious anecdotes about their own experiences to giving advice on navigating the ups and downs of life, these two dads have got you covered. But that's not all. They're also obsessed with all things nerdy. From comic books and sci-fi movies to video and board games. So whether you're a fellow dad, a pop culture fanatic, or just in need of a good laugh, tune in to Wise and Nerdy and join in the fun. Now you start turning it down so you're welcome to Wise and Nerdy. That is on the road to not all the way. To, oh my god, we gotta train you better in this crowd. Oh! Uh, I am the rock god of wisdom, Charles and Paul. That's Joe Embrace the Nerdiness <laughs> underscore art. And we've got the father of your enemies riding uh uh stagecoach rear, as it were, covering our sixes, uh Kurt Booten. Give me all your stuff. <laughs> i love i love that you and i actually joe we have our cameras close to us and the way kurtz is set up is for the way but when you put him in the little box at the time, it's like he's way far away it's the little <laughs> voice in our head no no go back to being small I like that. Uh, <laughs> uh, so joe it's been a it's been a week man we were supposed to play together on tuesday night and one it does turn out that portal does not work on the m1 chip mac but two uh i didn't even get back to the hotel from dinner to almost 10 uh, the way that the day worked out. it was just a really long day it, we we you yeah you were at dinner for like three hours then it, we had, we yeah so we went to a nice place that took for well i mean it's a po- you're supposed to enjoy it and so on and so forth so once i did forever what, daddy. yeah uh, well, we got appetizers, but yeah, it was like you had some drinks, and then they came and asked for your appetizers, and they brought out the appetizers, and only when the appetizers came did they let you order dinner. But it, I mean, it was good; it was enjoyable. But I think we left. I think yeah, we we were leaving to go to dinner. What seven? I think is what I texted you. I don't remember. Anyway, but what did you do Tuesday night? I hung out with my wife. <laughs> oh, sad daddy, got it. <laughs> no, no, we, no, not sad, Daddy. We we finished Love Daddy. We, <laughs> yes. <laughs> we finished Ahsoka. Uh, uh I've seen the first episode. It's, yeah, it was highly predictable in the first it's episode. It's great. I like it. it I mean it was, it's not the best thing ever, but it ain't bad. It ain't bad at all. I mean not like Andor. I did not like he, Andor. <laughs> okay. I didn't say it was horrible. For, for our podcast listeners, VO by Kurt just severely judged Charles. You know that looks. Maybe that should have been. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that should have been our canter in you dig it section. Or no, let Daddy decide. Does Andor and Ahsoka suck <laughs> or not? You know, I don't know if it's. Uh, I'm not saying it's. I'm saying is is Disney killing the Star Wars franchise? Yes. <laughs> that is a discussion for another time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a special episode right there. Yeah, yeah that, that might have to be an entire episode. But, you know, and it, I, and it, anyway, we got to get to our question of the week. I'm going to ramble too much here. Uh, I suppose I didn't think Andor was bad. I just, it just didn't grab me. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, Joe and Kurt, 
Well, the hit the button about the question of the week thing. It's the question of the week. All right, everybody on the podcast needs to come out live Thursday nights, 8.30 p.m. on Twitch.tv <laughs> so you can get blackout drunk because you're going to take a shot every time Kurt mimes his own voice because we have it on buttons. So. <laughs> I'll be right back. Got to get some alcohol. Get some daddy juice going on there. Oh, man. Uh, but, Joe, not what is, what is, I'm not asking what your favorite daddy juice is. I'm asking what has been your favorite family vacation? Oh, man. My baptism at eight. <laughs> that wasn't a vacation. I mean, you're Mormon. Um, I'm just guessing here. Um, so as a teenager, my dad loved camping. Every Memorial Day and every Labor Day, we would go to the same campground um, and we had we specifically got the same campsite, even if it was available. Um, and we just we sat around, we cooked food on the fire and we played board games almost the entire time. Um, just okay. spent time together. Um, and whenever I get together with my family, whether it's camping or not, uh, with uh, with my siblings, it always turns into let's play a whole bunch of board games. And that's what we do. We play board games and we just we talk. You know, it's not just necessarily the board game, but it's we we sit around and we talk and we get caught up on on our lives and we discuss different things. And to me, that family time is, is amazing. And so to me, that vacations like that are my favorite. It doesn't have to be anything big or expensive or extravagant. Just being able to relax and spend time together is what it is, what it's all about. Uh, I.e. be cheap. Cool. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> Uncle Grandpa. Uncle Grandpa, what's been your favorite family vacation? So I will. I, look, I'm 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 not going to. I, I am not wholesome. Daddy. Wow. Do you spell toast there, Mikey? You good? No. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, no, you're one, not good, or no, you don't. One, smell here's toast. the thing about Mike. Mike um, does not smell toast. He smells like toast. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so there's that. So, my favorite family vacation uh, is when the kids were young, and this is my immediate family, not 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 including my siblings or my parents, um, but my wife and kids. We on the Friday morning after Thanksgiving, woke the kids up at 5 a.m. And without telling them that it was going to happen, we went to Disney World. Oh, uh, and, wow, and so yeah. literally in their pajamas, we're going through the airport and and got on a plane. And okay, uh, lives within driving distance of Disney World. Like, airport. Yeah. Okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah, and yeah. so, um, and they didn't know what was going on. Because uh, I think my daughter was like oh, five. That's so fun. Yeah, my daughter was five, and my my son was nine, and so they didn't know what was going on. And then we we get in the rental car and we start driving to the place that we were staying, and my son starts looking at signs. He's going, "Are we going to Disney?" Nice. And I went, "Yep." <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I had it all planned out where I was going to ease the kids into roller coasters. Okay. 
And so I said, okay, so how, how do you ease someone into a roller well, coaster? One one the one thing to understand is at, in all of the Disney World Resort, there is one coaster that goes on in a loop. Everything else is pretty tame. But you you kind of like there's Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, which isn't that big a deal. There's a goofy or there was a goofy roller coaster um, that was also pretty mild. And you just you, you you ramp it up until you get to the rock and roller coaster um, over in Disney Studios, which is the one that has the corkscrew in, and and it basically shoots you out of your starting position like a baseball in a, in a pitching machine. It just goes. And and so. I go to we go to get on the first one and my son goes, Can we go on rock and roller coaster? <laughs> and I'm going, Yes, we can. <laughs> um, and we did, and he loved it from the beginning. I went, Well, this go. is the most exciting coaster here, so enjoy it. My daughter, scared to death of <laughs> everything. Like yeah. the haunted mansion buried her head in my chest the entire yeah. time. Um uh the uh the Dumbo ride. Uh, she was begrudgingly on it and got to the point where she could tolerate it. But any of the dark rides, Pirates of the Caribbean, forget it. Mm. Um, and so that was interesting. But she was yeah. all about the character meet and greets. Yeah. I love that. So yeah. so we had a little character meal with the Winnie the Pooh gang. And and we, and we my daughter was a big – my actually, my daughter and my son were great big Winnie the Pooh fans at the time. And 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 so it was it was awesome because you don't often get the chance to surprise them, right? Yeah. So, um, what about you, Charles? I, I land Bible camp with both both of you. <laughs> uh, growing up, it was absolutely well. We didn't. You can't. It was absolutely Bible camp. That's what he just said. That's what I heard. That's what I heard too. Look, that was not my favorite. I went to a bunch of those because my dad was a youth pastor, and I was too young to be left at home. So me and my sister went to all of them. So screw you guys. I'm going home. Uh, <laughs> You're the one that brought up Joe's Mormon. <laughs> you know, because nobody understands what that is. Everybody knows what Bible <laughs> camp is. Yeah, it's, it's the crappy one where you sweat your balls off and sing about Jesus. Uh, but uh, uh, <laughs> so no, I landed between or with you, Joe, growing up. We would go visit family and different things, but the closest to camping, because we weren't a big camping family, but my, my grandfather owned property on the side of a mountain in North Carolina. And we you use one of those gravel drivers, you drive up past the first couple of trailers and go on. And everything's kind of a single wide trailer. It's not like a trailer park or don't wide, rather. They're modular homes, I guess you should say. Uh, but yeah, there's you get up to the next plateau and he's flattened it out pretty large. And then they owned a quarter of the way up the mountain, whatever. Uh, somebody put, where is that coming from? I got a thumbs up. Uh, did y'all see that? Yeah. Did y'all do that? Did you see that, Joe? No. That was interesting. I got a you thumbs up. You did that. That might be from the new OS stuff. I don't know. I don't know. Lying <laughs> daddy. It actually is probably from the new OS stuff because it, it will recognize gestures and put uh, things on the screen. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Like, don't do this. Okay, I'm going to do it. He's doing a heart symbol. And now I just look stupid. Well, you believe it. everything? I tell you. <laughs> oh, you got me, Kurt. You got me. No, but, right. it, but but I think I think the double thumbs up it will do something. I I don't know. I think, I don't you're, know. I think you're right. It's somebody doing a thumbs up or something that did that little speech bubble. That was kind of cool. All right, so I get to see my grandfather and and you, my grandmother, and 
they had a beautiful back porch and we usually go in the spring and or the fall so that the seasons were changing right before in the spring it's like right when they got there early summer that kind of thing and i just remember you didn't like you're saying joe there wasn't a whole lot to do you played some board games you know we had an atari so we would take it with us and play some video games some because i was already but you'd sit on the deck after dinner for hours and just listen to the animals in the mountains and, t- and the adults would talk and you'd jump in or it was just great but as a father taking uh mike my set one being oakland and crosby when they were six and five uh to disney uh that that was fantastic you know that was uh, right before honestly that's uh no that was a different time so we and we drive there so it's eight hour ride I, there, it, 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 he's been to road. disney so many times that he's just mixing up the different trips i've been, I've been three or four but honestly when it when with I've kids Jeff, i'm telling you man <laughs> Kurt, tell me, tell me, I'm right here. As a parent, when you can take your kids to Disney, even if it's once or if it's five times, it's all different and special each time. There's so much to do that it, you really don't do it um, the same every time, and they change things up a lot. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. And yeah. we used to we used to go like we went for a good five, six, maybe seven years. Um, where we would go the week after Thanksgiving. We'd pull the kids out of school for a week because, let's face it, what are they actually going to miss? Right. And and the crowds were next to nothing. Yep. And all the Christmas stuff was up. So yeah. it was fantastic. It was it was great. A Chris, uh, Mickey Christmas is impressive. Uh, and you have to buy special tickets for that. I mean, this stuff's up, but you have to buy special tickets. Yeah, the, hard the very Merry Christmas party thing. Yep. I want to go to the... Uh, Mickey's not so scary Halloween because uh, see we go on my birthday because kind of the same thing it's right it's the third week in September and that means school is still in full swing they've already had Labor Day weekend you know so I'm rested from Dragon Con and the kids are back in school but all my kids are homeschooled and like you said Kurt the, the crowds are down and the temperature is better yeah uh, but it, and they do start doing the Halloween stuff right about then but it's it's near impossible to get tickets to that thing. But it looks so cool. And it's Disney. So here's the thing, Joe. I'll leave it at this. I'm not my favorite was definitely as a kid. And I want that for my kids to so go sit on a porch, enjoy some downtime, let's hang out. But I also love that I was able to give them what I didn't have growing up, which was a Disney trip. Um, but so not only just that one, the only times you can see villains. Disney does not promote their villains very much. Uh, they have a cool thing over, I think it's Epcot that does the, the villains show with fireworks is really good but if you go to the halloween you can actually get the character signings and take pictures with the villains but you trick or treat through the park and they don't give you a bucket they give you a disney themed trash bag like a 20 gallon (laughs) and they're literally just take more take more and i mean you're like santa claus in the tv shows carrying this huge sack over your shoulders and i don't i mean i don't need that much candy my kids don't need that much candy but that's just gonna epic right so that was mine. Those are my favorite vacations. Roll that dice. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> Let Daddy decide. Oh, that was the one we were having a hard time picking tonight. Was let Daddy decide. Your kids know how to pick the worst topics, man. I'll tell you. <laughs> so, uh, well, you know what, Joe? I believe your kid has been asking for this. At what age <laughs> would you let your child get a tattoo? Yeah, clearly my uh, my oldest boy, 10-year-old, he wants a, a giant hippogriff across his chest. That's just what he's dying for. Um, 
No. Um, well, on, so, we, know, we know all 10 years old. All they want is Pikachu, buddy. Don't even play. Come on. <laughs> um, you can't even spell hippogriff. My... <laughs> Okay, that that's probably accurate, especially since uh, <laughs> I can't spell hippogriff. So come on, <laughs> my my eight year old wrote a story today for one of for his tutor, and uh, he tried to write Princess Peach, and he forgot the A in Peach, so it was just Princess Petch. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, um, so I I don't really care for tattoos. I like I like seeing it on other people. I think there are some great pieces of artwork out there, um, but I personally don't want one. Um, but as far as letting my kids get one, I, I wouldn't let them get one until they were 18, basically until they were an adult and could make that decision for themselves. Why? Um, I'm curious. So a tattoo, and I, I know that you can get them removed, but even that's a, a painful process, but it's it's fairly permanent getting a tattoo. Um, cause even if you get it removed, it still scars your skin a bit from, from then on. And so, um, yeah, I just want them to be in a state of mind to actually think through their choices. Um, because it is a permanent choice that can impact a lot of things that as a kid, you're not going to be thinking about. It can impact job interviews. It can impact all kinds of stuff. Um, depending on the placement, because there are plenty of places where no one's going to ever see it except uh, people you uh, are getting intimate with, unless it's like on your chest or something. And then whenever you go to the beach, that hippogriff on your chest. I'm just letting you dig, dig. I am not jumping in. I will let you hit China on this hole, buddy. Keep going. <laughs> I just, I just, I would want them to make an informed decision, is all I'm saying. Fair enough. Uh, I, I actually am exactly the same. It's it's I got my first tattoo at 24, 25, somewhere in there. I uh, got my second one a few years later. And for me, it was I wanted a tattoo. I knew I was going to have a tattoo at least since I was 14 to 16 years old, somewhere in there. It, it really landed. And and to be honest, I still want the original one that I came up with, which is a which is, uh, cookie monster. With, Your face. <laughs> <laughs> You've got, no. you've got cook, uh, Cookie Monster tattoo on your left butt cheek. What? I, I've I've actually thought about designing a Cookie Monster tattoo, but the first one <laughs> I actually came up with was uh, I, uh, because of, of kind of where I've come through in my life and, and the things I've, I've done. And, and say true, even now, some is a, a weather, but it has to be just the right artist, but weather vane kind of rooster. Uh, and it's the Alice in Change, you can't, you can't kill the rooster. And that was that was a really big song in my life for a while uh, because of the, the hardships I went through. But even like, even now, it's like, I just always rise. Uh, but so I knew I wanted a tattoo, but I it, my first one was uh, the star of life I have. And it, it can't be, see, I can't do anything normal, right? I, I don't want anything that, it has to be stylized. Yeah, I know, Kurt, what? I know. You? I know, you can't do anything normal? <laughs> what? Yeah. I don't want I, I don't want the the stupid line that everybody gets or the rose that everybody is. It has to be something special. So I had my brother in law draw me the star life that I have, and then he draw a couple of ideas and I combined them together. And it, but that was because of what I was going through in EMS and what I learned with my, my grandfather. Uh, so all that being said, I have more but it's not about me and my tattooing stories, but that I agree with you. I've told my kids, you have to be at least 18, but I really, really, really want you to want to sell me on it. 
Not after 18, I really can't stop you. That's not the point. And I told them the long stories, but it has to mean something, Joe. Like you said, my wife's wanted a tattoo for a while. I actually got one designed for her last year, which is perfect. Uh, which she's going to get uh, a tulip, and because uh, that's her favorite flower. So we've got this really well designed. That Emily Swan actually designed it for us. Uh, but it's a tulip, and the leaves of the tulip are word art, and it's the kids' names that make up the leaves of the tulip. And that you know, that just where and then, and then she's now it's just about finding the right artist, to, the tattoo artist to put it on her. Um, but yeah, it has to mean something because, like I said, I don't want you to ever have to take it off, you know, and I don't want you to have to walk around looking stupid. I can tell you in my industry. Uh, unless you got something horribly racist or offensive tattooed on your actual forehead, we do not care anymore. We, we need medics. We need EMTs. You know, uh, and you can't see my tattoos. Really, cause I designed them specifically to be above the sleeve line, so that at the time in the nineties, it was a problem, right? But uh, yeah, what about you, Kurt? Do you have an idea? You look yeah, like you're so I am not. I'm not a fan. Um, so I'm going to, but I'm going to say, uh, um, my, my daughter has a couple of tattoos and she didn't get them until she was out of the house. Um, there and, you go. Yeah. And she knows that I'm not a fan of them, but I don't love her less because of it. I just don't feel that they enhance attractiveness. Sure. I, I think they detract. Um, and I've seen too many really good looking people with tattoos and it takes away from their natural beauty. Um, and I'm not talking about just women. I'm talking about just generally it just, I don't, I don't get it. I appreciate the art and the art work. I mean the, and by that, I mean the actual work that goes into it. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's some amazing artwork. Yeah. I would rather see that on a canvas. I, I don't sure. care. I don't care for the skin art. It, I've never been a fan. Never like. Yeah. And it's art. It's not a beholder, right? I, yeah. I, I can't agree with you. There's definitely people where that detracts and, and, you know, we'll go into the details here, but there's definitely people that, are, Oh man, no, I, you don't think, Oh, I think you're, you're more attractive because of it. But I can remember seeing certain tattoos and going, I like this person more because of it. You know, it's just, it depends. And there's some really, for me, there's some amazing artists who do stuff that looks like actual animation on your arm, like 90s cartoons. There's ones that looks like a patch, like a threaded patch and and it looks so good. I want some of that. What about, what about the fake tattoos? Did you ever do that on your kids? The the, the rub-ons, whatever. Yeah, sure. Sure. Oh man. We went through a phase between when each kid hit between uh, one and three, they were never not inked up. And oh, there yeah. were times, because I was I was a paramedic, so I'm literally gone for 24 hours, home for 48. And so I had a lot of time with my firstborn son. And I'm a little crazy. And I made him look like a jailhouse punk for a while. I mean, we had tattoos. We made sleeves out of these press-on tattoos all over his chest. We put Thug Life on his belly. Uh, his mom thought it was kind of funny. The rest of the family did not like it. And we're like, <laughs> he loved it. He would yeah. look at my tattoos. I'm punk. You know, it's so funny. Well, and going to like things like uh, fairs and whatnot, where they have the face painters and whatnot. Sure, it's not much different, really. It's just on your face, which is yeah. <laughs> which is a whole different thing. But but um, I don't care. I don't care about that. It's the permanence. Um, it's like honestly, and particularly for younger people. And this is going to make me very unpopular. So this might be my last show. But um, <laughs> uh, but for for anybody under twenty five, 
um, your your brains aren't formed for sure. So so you're not you're not of the right mind, whether you think you are or not. You are not of the right mind to make a decision based on something that is supposed to be permanent on your body. Um, it it just regrets are regrets, um, and and not regrets. No, um, I intentionally, I intentionally, <laughs> I'm not going to get it, but I totally want a no regrets tattoo. I know, it's so, <laughs> intentionally, it's so. Yeah. I know because some people are so stupid. And that's, well, but no, but yeah. people get those now. Oh just, yeah, I know. It's ironic. The, yeah. Just have it designed with with Cookie Monster eating cookie dough. No, no regrets. My, <laughs> my my Cookie Monster one was weird. Uh, I wanted Three a cookies. I wanted a snowboarding Cookie Monster that was like what? Well, okay, at the time I was drinking a lot and playing SX SS. X Tricky, which is a snowboarding game on PlayStation, and uh, I wanted a snowboarding and Cookie Monster is like super buff. And my wife's like, no. However, if I could get that artist that can do the patches that look like 3D, I bet you that would look amazing. Anyway, roll that dice, baby. Roll that dice, baby. Ah, uh, I didn't take a shot. <laughs> Kurt didn't. I didn't do it. <laughs> Personal story time. Ah, uh, this is all yours, Joseph. Uh, yes. Personal story time. Uh, so I wanted to talk a bit about how our recording setups have uh, evolved over the years, because I've been podcasting for almost eight years now, and you've been wow. podcasting for longer than that. Almost 18. Dude, dude no, no. August of next year will be 20 years. 20 Holy years. Crap. Yeah, man. And and Kurt, he's been wow. uh he's been podcasting since like the 1920s. Yep. So. <laughs> yep. I first podcasted on a wax cylinder. <laughs> I would buy that and keep that. Kurt's podcast on a wax cylinder. This just in Edison invents a new invention. <laughs> That I'm recording on that nobody has, so they can't listen to it. No, okay, okay, Kurt. Uh, we're gonna come back to this. I want you to come up with it. Give me like uh, uh, one of these ads, like Audible ads for a podcast. But like Edison, when he invented something, he got an Audible sponsorship for it. <laughs> All right. So Joe, you, you were saying oh. over, over the years. Yeah. So I started off with a really cheap headset microphone, and it was bad uh, i mean you i mean i started that's what i started with you you probably it wasn't it wasn't oh yeah i got your mic very fast <laughs> it wasn't distractingly bad but it was bad um and i think that's what if i i mean advice to me, me podcasters talk much <laughs> <laughs> advice to podcasters just use what you got, especially nowadays. Stuff has gotten so much better. Um, as long as it's not distractingly bad, you're good. You're good. Um, now, if it's like uh, Kurt's white noise when we first started, we, we stopped and we fixed that right away because yeah. it, it was distracting. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so I started off with just a headset. Then you got me the uh, Yeti. The Sir. Yeti microphone. Thanks to Chris Wiz. No, Tony. Tony P. Henderson. Tony P. Yeah, because I we weren't friends yet, but we were in the same circles, and I saw where he posted. 
Uh, he had upgraded his podcast and host to something else, and he was selling off uh, a couple of of Yetis. And I, I hit him up immediately. I snatched him. And then Chris Wisdom came crying to me because we were doing a show. And he said, oh, man, you know, I was going to buy these from Tony. And he said he sold them. I was like, yeah, I bought them. And he's like, and he started fussing at me. And then the next day in the mail, he opened up a box, and I'd send him one. I said, you want? I sent him one. Because <laughs> Tony gave it me, like, the stupidest, cheapest deal on those things. And so, yeah, I got you. I was happy to help you both out. Yep. Yeah. And I've still got that sitting in a box over behind me. You didn't um, need to get him to sign that. How crazy is that train? Is that <laughs> it went from Tony? Yeah. It went from Tony to you. And then we all ended up kind of working together and doing stuff together. It's been amazing. Yeah. And it, uh, it came with a little, a little desk stand for it. But anytime I bumped my desk, you could hear it. And so mm-hmm. what I ended up doing and i've got some pictures of it yeah i I took an old wire bookshelf took all the shelves off of it except the top one put it over my monitor put a blanket on it and then hung the microphone for uh with um some twine and so it was no longer directly connected to anything except the twine. And so it wasn't going to get those vibrations. Then I made my own pop filter out of one of my wife's nylons. And um, I took yeah. the... I thought you did that, right? Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Uh, somebody, you did. Somebody did. Yeah. And, um, and I took the... Um, the metal, <laughs> the metal top <laughs> off of a uh, old, old country lemonade canister they've got the metal ring on it i cut that off put the nylon around it and attached it to my microphone with pipe cleaners yep and and so and i used that for quite some time a couple years yeah yeah uh and then i went to a used music store here and found myself um a, a shore a sure smb7 sm7b that thing the one that everybody has right except (laughs) Um, for me yeah well yeah i'll get back to that well and and then i just i had a really cheap um xlr mixer that just went straight into the uh, it, like it was, it didn't even, it wasn't even a USB Mm -hmm. interface or anything like that. And to be honest, it didn't have enough, um, oomph for the the shore sm7b it's it's a bit of a gain hog um and then just recently charles um well charles gave it to tyra Tyra. who couldn't use it because she had a mac um but it's a go xlr which is going to lose support eventually but for now it's working great so and i imagine um because it's the go xlr was so popular i wouldn't be surprised if yeah. um if there are fan-made drivers to keep it running and stuff like that in the future um but yeah that's my setup and i've i've even got some some acoustic foam on the wall in front of me and yeah it'll turn up yeah i i honestly I, I think the next thing i think sound wise i'm good but i think the next thing i want to do is get a better camera and better lighting um in my in my studio area so but yeah yeah i hear you man now i currently once you start thinking of, of one of your craziest setups and i i just obviously just realized almost 20 years in the industry with this course has gone through craziness um but at some of the early days and and ray ortega is the 
podcast answer man dave jackson uh was um he, he's a podcast big podcast guy and uh there was somebody else i talked to back in the day that when i told him my setup they're like holy crap but we had to use skype and uh, mm-hmm. to, to so I, I i started talking about myself right now I, I was in a band so i had a sm not sm a shore 57 yeah. Basic vocal handheld mic. Sorry, I had that. It had the clown nose on it, right? Uh, sorry, I had some. I had a, a mixer, so I just figured out how to get the mixer into the board. But at some point, I have pictures of it somewhere, like you said, Joe. I don't know. I don't even think they're digital. They have you know, printed out Kodak film pictures somewhere of my setup in the living room where I had a Mac, and back then it had a, a headphones out and a microphone in port, and like a USB or two, but nothing was really USB. And I, was, I cannot even remember how I did it anymore, but somehow I mix, oh, mix minus, which means I took two channels of audio, but one to the right, one to the left, and I fed Skype only one, cha- you know, one channel so you wouldn't hear yourself back so we, we could record, but also found this thing on the Mac called Soundflower and then started hand with some, I mean, the Soundflower basically gave you some help with it, but it's basically started hand coding audio to where I was routing all the voices from Skype to Skype had different channels back then that you could turn up and down the volume individually. And I was, I was doing all this crazy digital mixing um, that, you know, we just take for granted today because it's built in behind the scenes and, and those kind of things. Like I was talking about audio hijacks and I had to drop a block mid run, but you know, just the cables and the, the second soundboard and, and I just, this picture me and Michael McConnor surrounded by everything with a boom mic in my, my microphone, like I'm, Billy Joel piano man in this thing. And it's just gone from there. I remember hand coding. It's not an audio setup, but I remember having to hand code our HTML uh RSS feed so that people could download it. Um I could I, I could probably do it today if I re- refresh, but yeah, it was crazy. Um and of course it's progressed up to the years. I got an MXL 440 was my first nice microphone my buddy Douglas bought for me for Christmas one year. And that was the first microphone that took a preamp or a phantom power. Still have it. That one I'm not giving away. That one, I'm, you know, I've, I've bought and given away stuff a lot, but that one I'm keeping. Uh, and I use an ILPR40 now in my studio. And, you know, of course, I go through different soundboards throughout the years. You've got the, the GoXLR there. I've got a Rodecaster Pro right now, but which also has a Behringer um, two-banger on it, USB two-banger there. Uh, because I wanted an ex- yeah, it's the thing. Uh, what about you, Kurt? What's one of your craziest uh, setups for your little path? So this microphone I've had pretty much since I Which started. Which is what? Uh, so this is actually just, it's a Scarlett, uh, I think it's uh, SI2, no, CM2. Um, and it's a card, it's a large condenser mic. Um, and I needed a large condenser mic because of the, the voiceover stuff. That's kind of what you need to have. Um, like a, a dynamic mic just is not used. Um, right. Uh, so, and then the interface that I have, uh, is a focus, right? Scarlet, uh, two I two. Um, and I've had it forever. Um, what was that? What was the mic you're talking about? Is a Scarlet? What? It's Scarlet CM two CM two. Now it came as a bundle. Cause it sounds so, great. Oh, thanks. Uh, it, it, but yeah, and that's part yeah, of the reason why you're I welcome it. for inventing that microphone, Kurt. Yeah, well, you know, hey, <laughs> you know, I got really sick of speaking into the uh, large uh, speaker phone that that um, 
Ederson came up with. He just never came up with anything better. So um, record on a needle. Come on. Um, so, um, but this, but this setup I've had forever, and and wow. I really didn't start doing um, voiceover, or I, I didn't start doing voiceover or or podcasting before I had this. So the the evolution of what what I've done from a sound standpoint is. I started out with uh, moving blankets uh, all around me. I played around with those boxes that are filled with the insulation and you put the mic inside the box to try to reduce the the noise. And it's largely a scam that doesn't work very well. Um, And then I built a PVC booth out of PVC pipe and and put uh, moving blankets all over it. Uh, which which worked pretty well for the voiceover thing was stupid for the podcasting thing because you couldn't like go in and out you you know I want to be able to see what's going on on the screen and so what you don't see because I haven't done the proper um, unblurring yet but the um, these boxes that are behind me um, have audio insulation in them and it's stiff audio insulation and I have uh, over here uh in the corner i have a bunch of wooden frames that i had a friend of mine uh built built Mm -hmm. so i could shove the audio insulation in there uh they're four foot by two foot i think um and they you you put the insulation in cover it with muslin or some other cloth and you can hang them on the walls and that will complete my studio from an audio standpoint yeah, but, let me tell you, everybody. Kurt and I used to do a show called uh, "From the Helicarrier," and it's been over a year since those boxes have been sitting there behind him. Oh yes, <laughs> oh yes, yeah. It's 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 because it's for me. It's way down the, on the list of priorities. So, record on a tattoo needle, Joe. <laughs> yeah, and and so the the other thing is, and people are going to hate this too, but Adobe has a podcasting app. Yeah, and, and I haven't tried it, but I've heard about it. So I use it, okay. and I use it for voiceover. Um, so you record your voiceover, you upload it, and I'm going to actually try it with This Week in MCU. This Week in MCU coming to you this weekend featuring Loki Season 2. Yeah, um, baby. So, um, but uh, I'm going to feed that into Adobe, but it cleans it up and takes the room noise out. Oh. And... It's remarkably good, and I people are, are annoyed at it because it's so it, good. It's so good, Look, but it allows AI, me. It has a good thing. Well, but it also allows me to not worry about it and just worry about the content. Yeah, yeah. So there's value um, there. So I looked. I looked up Focusrite Scarlet Studio. Like you say, it's in a pack. So it comes with the CM25 microphone. The uh, set of headphones. Yep, it did. The uh, a two i two code for software bundle, some kind of recording bundle. Yeah, throw yeah, that away. We got other matter. programs. Yeah, Audi- Audacity yeah. does everything I need. The mic cable. <laughs> yeah, Reaper does everything I need. You know, hijack. Yeah, there's other things. Uh, yeah, so whatever. Uh, uh, mic cable, of course, XLR cable, a boom stand, and a pop filter. So this is a podcast kit right yep. here, yep. ready to go out of the box. Sounded great. Two hundred eighty eight dollars on Amazon is all it is. And how long have you had it? This is the XLR cable. Yeah. The actual one. We saw you could get it earlier. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, and I've had it for 
seven years, maybe, maybe eight. Oh boy, what's he doing? So for let's call it eight years. Yeah, eight years. Whatever you paid there, we'll call it the same price now. Less than three hundred bucks. I'm not going to do that math, but that's a, that's a very low investment for. If I have to replace year. anything, it's not going to hurt me because I got my my I got my use out of it. So yeah. I lust after a couple of microphones, uh, but they are naughty, daddy. Yeah, uh, one of them is about a thousand to fifteen hundred. Um, a, a TLM one hundred three. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's yeah. not coming anytime soon, <laughs> but hey. this does everything I need. That's the other thing. Yeah. But you know what? If you go to patreon.com slash wise underscore and underscore nerdy, you can help Kurt get to that awesome microphone. Then, then how awesome would it sound when he calls Joe love daddy? If somebody <laughs> buys me a TLM one Oh three, I will record a different voicemail for them every week for a year. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> See, if you said you'd put me on a jersey, I might get to that microphone. That's how Dennis got me. So I, I, I will buy Charles a jersey with Joe's head on it. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, you know, I wouldn't do a jersey anyway. I would buy you a Hawaiian shirt with my face uh, on it. You know, I get that because you're the yep. Hawaiian shirt guy. So, what time is it, Joe? It is time for rant. Wait, wait, wrong show. Roll <laughs> that dice. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> Can you dig it? Did you already say that, kid? Man, I tell you what, this kid. <laughs> this kid. Can you dig it? Reading to your children. I'm going to go ahead and jump in and go, no, Joe, I do not want to read to your children. I do not think that at all. <laughs> well, why not? One, they don't offer me enough Slurpees. <laughs> That's they fair. take That's the fair. Slurpees. They they love it when I bring when 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 drunk uncle Rock God shows up with Slurpees. They go thank you, and then they take off and let me and Joe spend an hour together. It's <laughs> awesome. Oh I man, the crap out of them. But anyway, you brought up story time, basically. Yeah, yeah. I I have been reading with my kids for years and years, um, and within the past two years started reading some uh, longer form books, stuff that you can't finish, you know, in a night. And, um, and so we've read, we just finished the Harry Potter series. We've read um, the adventurers wanted series by ML Foreman that probably no one has heard of. Uh, I would be very surprised if any of our listeners have ever heard of that series. I have because you told me about it. Because I've told you about it. Yeah. It, it's kind of a a mix between The Hobbit and Narnia. Um, it's really good. I, it is not on par with the Narnia with Narnia or The Hobbit. It, but it, it is it is very good. Um, my only gripe about that particular series is that uh, the author was forced to finish the series uh, a little bit earlier than he was wanting to because he had a stroke while working on the second to last book. Uh, and so basically he had to take a whole bunch of the story elements that he was going to put into the last book and finish it up. So there, there are several storylines that ended up getting cut because of that, but all in all, very enjoyable series. And uh, we just started reading um, Aragon, 
Mm. So the yeah. uh, the movie sucks, but the books are really good. Uh, and so my the, my boys are really liking that. And I think it, it has helped them quite a bit with um, reading comprehension and other skills like that, because they, like me, um, their worst subject is language arts. Um, not that they're bad at language arts per se. Um, they just, it's, it's not their, it's, it's their weakest subject. And so, um, I think that this is crucially important for their development. It also helps them with their imagination. Um, and so it, and it's fun. It's fun to read with them and to hear their theory. Cause I ask them, what's, what's your theory about what's going to happen next or things like that. And so we had a whole bunch of discussions about what was going to happen next in the various books that we've uh, been reading because they hadn't, they hadn't watched the Harry Potter movies until we read the books and the adventures wanted ones. They don't have movies and probably won't for a long, long time. Um, yeah, we'll have to see how that goes. The author has since passed for that one. So, um, but I assume that his estate could still make some deals on that and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I personally, I dig it. I dig it a lot. How long have you been reading to your kids? I mean, since they were little, but as far as the longer form stuff, it's been within the past couple of years. But it's been it's been pretty consistent since they were little, little. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Llama Llama and the different Dr. Seuss books and all kinds of stuff. Yep. Uh, Dragons Love Tacos. They loved that one for a while. The uh, Eric Carlisle stuff. Uh, Very Hungry Caterpillar. Uh, Brown Bear, Brown Bear. Uh, there's, yep. there's a whole bunch of them. Um, I did. I did the same thing. Uh, I mean, we didn't read the long form stuff. My kids just ended up doing that stuff on their own. But reading to my kids when when my wife and I decided to have kids, we said, okay, so we're going to have a bedtime routine, and this is what it's going to include. It's going to include a song with the kids every night, and we're going to read to them every night. That's just like one of the one of the routine things, and so. The entire time, like it was just like the routine was we'll sing you a song, read a book, go to sleep. And 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 it, it all worked out. And what was really cool is my son at three years old, we're sitting in the pediatrician's office and he would like almost read along with me when I'm reading the stories to him. And I'm going, I want to try something. And I handed him a book that we didn't have. I said, tell me what this says. And, and I said, if you get stuck, it's cool. I'll tell you what it is. No big deal. And he read this whole book in the pediatrician's office out loud to me. And I went, boy knows how to read. Holy crap. <laughs> it, was the, it was the coolest and weirdest thing. And he was three. And I'm like, we, yeah. weren't, we weren't teaching him how to read. He just picked it up and started recognizing things. And it was very, very cool. My daughter, not so much. <laughs> no, she, she, uh, she, well, and she, um, learned to read more, n more normally, I guess, for lack of a better term, you know, standard. She, she, no, standard. more standard. Yeah. She learned stuff in, in kindergarten 
you know, she and she, you know, she was learning phonics and whatnot when they when they kept teaching phonics. Didn't always happen. Different different subject, different night. Um, <laughs> so, um, but but it, um, reading essential. Like and my and, and my my uh, son still reads, and he's thirty. Like he and he he he'll go to the bookstore and he'll go. Hey, you know what? I, or or go to Savers or Goodwill. You know what I found today? I found these three Dragonlance novels. Ooh, nice. I like Dragonlance. Yeah, but but you, you can't find a lot of them anymore because a lot oh, of really? them. Are, I didn't I, know that. A lot of them are out of print. The early ones, the the early ones, and so, <laughs> um, so he just goes and he picks them up, and he, I go, "Yep, I had that. I had that," <laughs> and just go through them. Yeah. Uh, so that's really cool. That's that's really cool. Uh, we we ended up doing the. I got into the Harry Potter books, three movies in, and they were so good that I went. Oh, I got to go back and read and read the books, and I read all of them. And and so my son had read, been reading them before I did. Uh, they were so good, and the movies were great adaptations. What about you, Charles? What kind of reading did you do? Uh, we got into the Dolly Parton book club that she does for all children at least across america if if not the world and um up until the age of five they get a brand new book a month and uh so we did that with every kid so the lava llama series we got through them um don't let the pigeon drive the bus i mean just a lot of a lot of different books and so yeah my wife and i enjoyed reading but i was i was a voracious reader growing up uh, so kind of, kind of did what you, you talked about, Kurt. Actually, I storytelling. I wanted my kids to learn storytelling, not just reading. So I'd hand them a book that was mostly pictures, and say, "Tell me, you tell me what's going on," and they would do that. Uh, but through the Dolly Parton thing, we really read to them and got them really interested. We all look for, oh, we got their new package. They get that with it themselves. Their names on the package, all that. Uh, but the, we, I, I love the public library. And oh, so yes. the, the second they were old enough to do anything, we'd start going up there for the pre-K nights and the kindergarten nights and all that and make let get them their own car. So we go up every week and that's just how we raised them was uh today. And my all my kids still love books. My two daughters still buy the most books. Yeah. Yeah. So the 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 cool thing that came out of the reading thing for me was selfishly when the kids were small. I decided Christmas Eve, we had a fireplace at the time. No. I'm gonna read night before christmas oh, okay um and and for me so i like i had a rocking chair had the fireplace going i had them in their pajamas on the yeah. floor and and i would read and show them the pictures and we'd finish that and that's how we would close up christmas eve well that ended up being a tradition and what was weird was i didn't intend it to be like I figured three, four years, they, they'll get a little older, they'll be not into it. And then they said, So are you gonna read to us this year? And I went, Yes. And do you want me to? Yes. Okay. So they would literally still sit on the floor. Like to this day, <laughs> they will sit on the floor while I read it to them. Um and, that's pretty and, awesome though. And, and, I good. Well, so and like during COVID and when my when my granddaughter was born, my my daughter said, "Okay, so we're going to zoom in so you can read to us. That's awesome. And so that is the one book I won't do on Storytime with Kurt. 
and I yep. won't do on Patreon. That's my family book. That's that's for us. And and so I I bought my granddaughter. I started buying books for my granddaughter all right away. And and so I got her a bunch of Dr. Seuss stuff. And and when I read Dr. Seuss to her, I get as crazy, funny, silly as I possibly can because why why not, right? And so <laughs> we were reading Green Eggs and Ham the other day, and I said, "Okay, so Serenity, you read this to me now." She can't read, but but she goes, "Sam, I am. I do not like ham." And then she'll turn the page. <laughs> she'll go, no, 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 no. And then she'll turn the page. <laughs> and she, but she, but she, she gets visibly active during it, which I love because I want her to have that, like that craziness because stories are supposed to be fun. Right. And, and so um, she just, uh, I, as much, I'll buy books for her every holiday just to have that thing going. Uh, was my typing too loud? Was it because I keep getting my mic muted? I'm like, I'm not talking. Yeah, no, I hope yeah. we heard you typing. We Sorry, heard. I forget. I did forget. It's not a regular mic. It's the built-in mic. So okay, I, I would it. absolutely do that. By the way, in the okay, chat. so so new patron level, right? <laughs> Patreon.com. We're gonna get it up very very. We're gonna get it up before this holiday season. And new Patreon level. We're gonna figure out Joe. Now we'll figure out the pledge level, and what we obviously would split with Kurt here. Uh, but a certain pledge level. You'll get a kid's book read by Kurt once a month, you know, on MP3 and or video. I guess we could do it. We could do video, yeah, you know, MOV, something like that, yeah. Um, and it'd be just for the patrons there. And then for our Christmas special, now I, I was going to ask you to do this first. I was going to ask you to read that story for us, but me and Joe will just kind of pick at it and make fun of you while we do it. But this is such a special family thing. <laughs> yeah, I, can, I, can't do it. I can't do yeah. that. Yeah. Clearly, you've got to read The Night Before the Night Before Christmas. For Christmas. <laughs> but no, I mean, I thought of that. Then you got to the point of the story, like, I don't even do that on story time. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. Get that. I'll, do, but, I'll do a, I'll do a, a, I'll do a dramatic reading of Christmas and Hollis uh, by Run DMC. <laughs> Oh, that'd be perfect. But also, I have the Quiddy Fingers kids book that is um, uh, Die Hard. And it's all drawn in kids' art and stuff. And maybe we could read that. That'd be fun. Uh, uh, But why? That's not a Christmas movie. <laughs> so Those were blankety blank, words. you say. There's a daddy. That's Hot what that daddy. That will be. That will be. That will be our our December twenty first. So look, December twenty first is the Thursday before Christmas for us, and uh, that that will be the let daddy decide topic for that night. Yeah, because I mm. I'm in. So so so. Guess <laughs> Joe won't be able to guess this, Kurt. But guess what my favorite kids book to read to my kids is. How you it came sleep. out? That's it. That's it. <laughs> what, what was it? it? It's go the f to sleep. Except it's not f. And, you, and it's oh, it is written in that that meter and rhyme of kids books, and it just oh my god, it just resonates as a parent <laughs> so much. And then Samuel Jackson did the quintessential reading of it. Ah, oh, so I, re- good. I actually recorded that for botched. Um, I, and, and so for, for them at last year's Dragon Con, I recorded that because I knew they were staying up too late. 
So I recorded it and sent it when nice. I knew they were still awake. And, and I said, oh. you need to listen to this right now. That's funny. <laughs> um, so another special, just like a one-off special for our patrons, Joe. It would it'd be their choice. It's not forced on them. But I can read that one for our patrons. <laughs> and uh, you know, oh, they can man. have it. Because it will, you know, we can do a censored and uncensored, and we'll censor it with some funny sounds like Care Bear Stare. No, that's some funny sounds. Yeah, we'll come up funny. Care Bear Stare. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah they were always like, Care Bear Stare. Yeah, wouldn't that be funnier than bleep? But yeah, I'll read that. <clears throat> but roll Go the, the, the Care dice. Bear Stare to sleep. There you <laughs> <laughs> Roll that dice. Time for the question of the week. That's the wrong button. That is the wrong button. Stay tuned for this commercial break. Ah, about time. All right, all right, team. I believe in you guys. (laughs) You're putting in the effort. We can we can take this across the end zone. This is a game of inches. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's a game of inches. All right, (laughs) Kurt. Joe. Donate to your daddy. Patreon.com slash Nerdy. No, no, okay. We're trying to get well, that's a good try. It's a good try. Good job. Call your daddy it. and leave oh, a voice now. <laughs> Wiseandnerdy.com. Ah, play some music. Call down. Oh, forget about it now. Just play the music. Oh. Oh, we're doing we're doing trance daddy tonight. Go the dad to sleep. Go the Care Bears, dare to sleep. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> do, do, do a Patreon ad. Do a Patreon ad, Kurt. Donate to your daddy. Patreon.com slash wise and nerdy. Now with more Dr. Venus Flytrap. <laughs> <laughs> Sponsored Edison announces he's invented the radio. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Let's see. I, right. I think I had I had something. All right, bring the music down. We'll come back with that. Wise and Nerdy brought to you by Edison, Edison's gramophone, now featuring the hit single Watson, I Need You. <laughs> That's the phone call. <laughs> you don't think Edison was a pirate? <laughs> he absolutely was. He stole half his inventions. Oh my god! That and the B side. Oh yeah. Tesla daddy. is a hack. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was good. I liked it. Welcome back to the Wise and Nerdy Experience. Uh, hey, we got to experience it live in 2023. We know we're going to do it at least one video in 2024. But you know what, Kurt? It's not going to be a one-time only show because Joe doesn't want to do any other cons. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm not bitter. Not bitter. But the live experience is special. Only did Dragon Con. So make sure you plan this year. So my wife told me if I'm getting paid for it, 
I can go to more cons. She's okay with it. Well, so we'll let's do it. You, we'll have to talk after about what aid <laughs> means. I can give you a realistic interpretation of something. Like that. Um, well, I, I take it back. No matter what you say, your wife is actually pretty cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Roll that <laughs> dice. Roll that dice. All right. What are you nerding out about now? Uh, well, it was an interesting one this evening. Uh, let's go in the order that it's there. So, uh, as I was getting ready for the show, I'm flipping through TikTok and, and finish, you know, I just finished up my dinner or whatever. And I found a TikTok channel that showed a movie preview called The Beekeeper about you, Jason Statham. Looks interesting. Okay. It's kind of like Jason Bourne ish. Yeah. Um, and like, oh, well, let me see what other trailers they have on this channel. Second one in Monarch. Uh, Legend of the Monsters. And does anybody here know what Monarch is? Oh, wait. So that's that's the new uh, that's the new Godzilla movie. Not movie. Apple TV series. Uh, oh, is it a series? Ooh. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so Monarch is the governmental agency in the world of Godzilla and King Kong and all that. Now there's supposed to be another movie being made as well, but yeah, this is 100% tied into the show or into the movies. And it's got John Goodman. It's got Kurt Russell. Uh, that's all I cared about. It's got Godzilla. They're already showing me Godzilla. In the, the show. Oh, can't wait. November 17th. So that's that's what I'm geeking out and nerding out about right now. What'd you write down there, Joe? I switched it up. Well, you did switch it up. <laughs> I sure did. So this past week, um, the newest season of Demon Slayer oh, came good. out on Netflix. We've been waiting and, for that. And I had already watched the the Japanese version with the subtitles. Um, so this is my second watching with my wife. And uh, yeah, good stuff. Really, really good. I, like, I don't want to give away spoilers, but fantastic. It's the... Uh, it's called the Swordsmith Village Arc, and uh, it it does a lot of. Um, I commented this to my wife. They do really good with the pacing, in my opinion, because they weave together backstory with action really well so that it's not like, oh man, come on, can you hurry up with the backstory or anything like that? They do a really good job of weaving it in so nice. that so that it's not it doesn't feel like they're doing too much exposition while they're still getting a lot of information across. And uh and so yeah. And they do quite a bit of world building in this a lot of explanation on backstories of certain characters and just well and and, and world building they, they explain some how some things came to be as they are and stuff like that but yeah that's really good cool. i did not know it dropped and as zoe and i are, are looking forward to seeing it we caught everything up so we're waiting on that uh, and i gotta tell you joe I, i'll keep you informed if i hear about it but if fathom events does another one of the Demon Slayer festivals? You've got to go. And actually, we'll plan for it. Uh, Zoe and I will will maybe come up to Chattanooga area and just get a hotel room. And me and you and your wife, whatever kids, we'd all just go. I'm telling you, there's being a fan of Demon Slayer. There's nothing like that event. And I would love to. I would go to Japan for it. Um, but uh, I'd have to have a obviously have a, a translator there. Uh, so then I wrote down another one that I've been into. For whatever reason, 
something's triggered in me here in the last, uh, well, I guess it's Dragon Con, that I really kind of want to get more into like D&D. I know Baldur's Gate 3 dropped. I loved the first two Baldur's Gates. Uh, I haven't pulled the trigger on getting Baldur's Gate 3, but I was like, okay, that's watching the D&D movie. Like, oh, there's Baldur's Gate. Like, oh, I know what that is. Oh, this is King of Neverwinter. Oh, I know what that is, because I played those games, even though, on video games, right, video game version. Uh, so I just well, kinda... and see, I, I find it funny. You're like, oh, I know that from the from Baldur's Gate or from the movie, you know. Yeah. But to me, I've read a ton of the books in the Forgotten Realms, right? right. And so, uh, like, my favorite book series or my favorite uh, trilogy is the Dark Elf trilogy, which starts off the Legend of Drizzt, which is like twenty or thirty books long. And that's my that's my rap album, the Legend of Drizzt. Uh, that's the Legend of Drool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, fantastic. Uh, the, I mean, the world is, is so rich with with lore and everything, and and it it started off as a Dungeons and Dragons campaign that turned into a book series, kind of like how right. uh, Dragonlance did that as well. It started off as a D and D campaign and then turned into this whole huge amount of books nice so um uh, so yeah yeah I was, the movie's good uh, the game you know i'm looking at so i've been feeling that a little bit um this season of uh, i'm back to listening this season of botched you know i've caught up with that so far uh and i was like you know what and and on my phone i don't have a really good game i want to play right this second i, like, I mean i really want something that that I can just control play like a video game not spend a ton on and i remembered i played it before and just didn't have time anymore. Knights of Pen and Paper 2. It is on Apple uh, a Store. It's on Google Play. Uh, it's probably on Amazon Fire Store. Uh, it's at least a version on both the Apple and the, the Android uh, stores were free. And there's in-game purchases and whatnot. And I will tell you, I had to do some looking up, right? Okay, there's classes. There's, there's um, well, a type of player. Right, so you got the lab rat, you got the jock, you got the rocker, you got all these stereotypes, but they all have their own passive bonus. You know, then you got the three types: you got dwarves, humans, and elves, and they have their own little. It keeps it very simple for somebody like me. You know, I have played Baldur's Gate, but I let the computer do all the back end work. I don't need to see the math. I just need to see the traits are there, whatever. Um, and then you know you have classes like a uh, uh, necromancer and, and mage and different things, and so I started a team and it was going okay, but it, I wasn't feeling like I could manage it well. I wasn't understanding fully it, uh, so I started a different team. And then I looked it up online. And like, oh, you know, I unlocked the ninja class, so they I, I found out a build for it, right? Like like D and D one hundred and one. Here you'll build this class. It's on Steam too on computers. I don't know if it's free on Steam. I'm just saying I know it's there. Uh, anyway, all that being said, once I got the right, oh, because I don't fully understand well, this bonus works for that bonus. Cause I don't want to dive that deep. Kurt knows that about right. me. So I just yeah. want to play the game. Um, and so just looking up real quick, find a few Reddit pages. I now have a team that so I'm good halfway into the game. And and I have spent about 10 bucks. I bought the $4.99 starter pack and it got me another player at the table, which is what I needed. Uh, and then I bought a I bought some diamonds, which ended up being five bucks to get the uh, add-on pack that says it's about mid-game level twenty. I think level four is your cap out. So just add story content, which is uh, a tongue-in-cheek knockoff of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, they put in a the game. They call them uh, a middle school um, 
uh, tortoises or something like that. And there's a lot of culture references that are tongue in cheek. So that's one thing. I think Kurt, you uh, had something you were kind of nerding on. Yeah. So this is going to sound really weird because it's not related to either one of those things. Um, although I'm very much a fan of, uh, Netflix and video games. Um, but, um, I've been nerding out on videos on YouTube um, regarding weightlifting, muscle building, um, and the science behind all of that and uh, what's called uh, hypertrophy, which is making the muscles actually bigger and how and how to best go about that. And... Um, it's really funny because there's like in every other kind of nerddom, there are usually a couple of sides that disagree vehemently. And um, the difference here is that the science usually wins out. <laughs> um, you know, uh, you can argue whether or not Big Bang Theory is funny, but that's an opinion. Um, and, but with this, it's a uh, swole daddy. Nice. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and it's because I'm, I'm starting to work with a personal trainer. And so I want to see what I can do as an old man. And I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you lost weight to put on weight. Gotcha. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. I'm still losing weight, but, but, oh, um, yeah, but, it, but it really, you know, I, my, whatever my end goal is, isn't necessarily, written in stone because other things may happen. So, so wait, 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 Hawaiian shirts. Yeah. Beard. Swole daddy. You're becoming master Roshi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Although what's funny is, um, and, and if you, if you're on the, uh, the DC digital media track discord, um, I, I found finally a cosplay that I'm going to do at Dragon Con next year. Oh my God, Jeff. He freaking says Jurassic Park one more time. All right, let's see what he says. Smee from Captain Hook and, and Peter Pan. Uh, uh, no, no, of course, it, of, of course it's Hammond. It's Hammond. Uh, yeah. But also, you could absolutely do the Bob Hoskins Smee from Hook. I could, but I could, but look, by this time next year, by Dragon Con next year, maybe I can't. Ah, yeah, you know, you know, um, you could, you could do a, a cosplay mashup of Colonel Sanders and Hammond, but you're Hammond, but your bucket is uh, Kentucky Fried Raptors, yep. something like that. Yeah, I, I've actually been toying around with an idea for a mashup costume. Oh, uh, cool. Now, keep it. I want to be. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, Joe, Joe and that Master Roshi joke was very, very close to a bad dad joke. And <laughs> you got to tell those lines, man. You worked so hard for that. <laughs> okay. Whatever you say. But speaking of your very favorite segment, it is time for bad dad jokes. <laughs> Okay, I got one for you, Charles. I got one for you. See, how'd you do that? He found the button. He found the button. All right, so Charles, mm. what do you call a paper airplane that can't fly? Desire Harton. <laughs> <laughs> 
Is our hurting? Not as much as it's gonna. Uh, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> oh, but Charles, stationary. <laughs> that hurts so bad. You're oh welcome. <laughs> how how proud you are that how funny Joe finds our actions. That that uh, It's kind of a definitive dad joke. <laughs> it's raining on Charles's screen now. <laughs> <laughs> did you did we, you actually grow up with your kids telling dad jokes, Kurt? Um, not as much, really. Uh, you know, honestly, uh, because most of the jokes that that I hear and that I tell are not fit for kids. Um, <laughs> so, but I will tell you, my kids came home, and I think it was my son came home with the best knock knock joke that i've ever heard and and i think ever will hear Mm -hmm. and 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 joe if you don't if you don't know this one you got to teach it to your kids so joe knock knock who's there the interrupting cow (laughs) interrupting Yeah, my wife and I may or may not have done that one with my kids just last week. We they've heard it before, but my son kept trying to say "interrupting cow who," and my wife and I just kept saying "moo" over oh, and over and over. Yeah, and he's like, son. "I just want to say the phrase." I think my We're son like, was in the Moo. first grade where he taught. He he actually I, I played along the first time because you do, right? And and he he hit the timing right, and I went, "You get it. This is awesome." Uh, <laughs> because you know you tell kids knock knock jokes too early, and they go, "You go knock knock," and they go, "What?" <laughs> no, yeah. you say, "Who's there?" Okay, knock 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 knock. No, no, you say who's there, and, and like it's it's terrible. Like if you try doing it too early, <laughs> they don't know nothing. It's yeah. like they're dumb. <laughs> I, it's it's well, yeah. That's that's when you say, "Hey, what are you eating under there?" Because right, they don't think about it. Right, and then they say underwear. Ah! My son, my son got me with with one. He he did not knock who's there. He's up dog. Went, what's up dog? Is what's up with nothing? What's up with you? Like I, you got me. But this one, Kurt. This one got me. Knock knock. Who's there? Disney. Disney who? Disney was my son's favorite freaking vacation, and that's the show, everybody. We brought it back around. <laughs> these nerdy dads on social media charles at rock god of podcasting joe at joseph underscore ard check out the website <laughs> and as everybody has always, to pray may, may, may may not be your father but they'll always be your daddy